0: Hey everyone. Hey, squeezer. Hey, buddy, what's up? Uh we're back after... This is almost like getting two Rad Years podcasts in one week after I screwed up last week. Uh, those who don't know, that, those who are waiting for our podcast last week, and um, it, it made a, it made me realize you guys care when I got a few messages and emails looking for it. Uh, a couple folks at uh, RWB Leah Valley were asking about it. Uh, we got an email from a fan. <laughs> Uh, who parodied Barney's famous Springfield Film Festival award-winning movie uh, because he was upset we didn't post. It was all my fault. We recorded Thursday night before Memorial Day weekend, Squeezer, right? Mm, Yes. So the next day at work, I had it in my pocket ready to edit when I had some downtime. Um, And uh, I guess I pulled my phone out of my pants and the card fell out. And then I went in my backpack thinking it was in there. I pulled out our backup card, which I sometimes record shows on, and it wasn't on there. So I thought the card might have been left on my desk. The next morning, I drove into work to find out that the card wasn't on the desk. So I reached out to some people that where I might have left it, but I heard, I heard nothing. That was Saturday. Sunday happened. Monday, Memorial Day happened. Still no card. Still no podcast. I still didn't tell you about it because I knew you would have killed me if I said we had to re-record 1990. Uh, then Tuesday morning, Uncle Bix, the savior that he is, found it while he was cleaning up, and I got the show uploaded. Uh, but I intend to upload this tonight, Squeezer. Thursday night, so there's no tomfoolery involved. Uh, and last, you get a pass. I get a pass. You had a lot of edits to do on that one. It was a lot of edits, and I don't know if you listened, but it's it's
1: like seamless. Uh, no, I had to go through and uh, I have to download everything again with the new oh yeah, you're fancy shiny thing,
0: the eight plus.
1: Yeah, right on. It's bigger than my head. Yeah. It's probably too big, but well,
0: I don't really use phones for talking anymore. That's, that's a good weird. point. Uh. If you would have said to someone twenty years ago, eh. Yeah, twenty, even twenty years ago. even 10, eh, When 10, is it? Ninety eight? Twenty years ago. I didn't well I didn't have a cell phone yet. Yeah, but twenty years I ago. I was a holdout. I didn't want but, one. But if you had a cell phone at that point, you used it for talking. Texting was kinda not a thing. Texting really wasn't a thing till like oh one, oh two, and then it still wasn't like a thing till like like oh eight, oh seven, oh eight.
1: Now if my phone rings, I'm like, what the f what's yeah, wrong? Exactly. Someone's
0: But imagine telling someone twenty years ago, uh, in the future, phones won't be used. Phones primarily primarily won't be used for talking. They'd be like, "Well, what the fuck else will they be used for? They're only used for talking. Like, the phone's invention was for talking.
1: It's for sitting around the table with friends and family and staring into a screen and everyone enjoying something different without needing to make eye contact or any verbal communication whatsoever." Right.
0: Uh, I could go back let 's go back twenty five years ago. maybe I had a cable one around there, but maybe like twenty six twenty seven years ago when um, you had to use that phone line to make to use the internet and um, like just imagine back then if little squeezer and little r k knew that they'd harness the power in their pockets we'd uh, have- i'd
1: be I'd be sitting there downloading Simpson wave files to then add to uh- <laughs> Uh, different uh, sound effects when you would click on whatever uh, program on your computer would be. And then mom picks up the phone and bumps me off and I have to start all over again. All over again. And and now it's like another three hours to download uh, Nelson
0: laughing. <laughs> uh, that was my three best hours. impression. But yeah, that's, that's the past and that's where we live in. And uh, it's because of the future that we're able to go back and reminisce. Uh, a little thing I wanted to bring up. Did you see a couple days ago, well, my childhood idol, Hulk Hogan, tweeted uh, a memorial for Bam Margera, even though he's not dead? <laughs> he posted a picture of him and Bam, and he said, Love, Miss hanging out with you, brother. Wish you were still around. Miss you, brother. Almost as if he was dead. And Twitter obviously freaked out. He was, he was probably referring to, it, which he later admitted, Ryan Dunn, who, who passed away tragically yeah. here in Pennsylvania, driving his Porsche like a madman. Uh, drunk, uh, but he uh, mistaked him for Bam. So Bam Bam replied back, uh, "Still here, buddy. Miss you too." Hulkster's getting a little old. He took a couple shots. He did. He did. He had uh, He took a, a a stiff one from Andre the Giant. You take one from the boss. You know it's gonna you're gonna feel it the next day, and twenty thirty years down the road. Uh, but what what. A, it's our fun topic tonight, Squeezer. This, and I say that completely earnestly. That this was a fun topic.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Well, it's uh, we're going all basically. It's an eighties grab bag. Yeah, totally eighties, everybody. We're we're picking anything you want, we want from the eighties to talk about. Yeah,
1: and and it was tricky because I go back to that. Remember when I was reading the review for uh, Ready Player One? Yeah. From the uh, New Yorker and uh, the. I don't. I don't want to curse. So I'll say, "Debug" uh, was basically ripping into it. How it's so the pot. What's show? that?
0: When don't we curse on the show?
1: Uh, I'm. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. Shit. And um, he uh, ripped into it. How it was basically just Spielberg esque pop culture. Like, where is the counterculture? Where is the deep thinking? Where is the art? Where is the none of that's going to be in this? Because my experience from for the nineteen eighties, uh, I max out at seven. So for me, uh, I wasn't too concerned what the counterculture was, yeah, or is, and I didn't even know what it was or is. I don't know. For me,
0: it was all rainbow and sunshine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Counterculture for the eighties for me is um, Stranger Things, <laughs> the show made yeah. in two thousand sixteen.
1: Like, my first real introduction to news was I probably watched the Berlin Wall come down, sure, but like, I would not we didn't. Uh, my parents uh, Gulf didn't. War was the big one that like broke me in, like, oh, wow, uh, horror around the world can be entertaining. I think the so I'm first time this.
0: I watched news was the OJ, Trace, and the Bronco. It's fitting that for was me, isn't a big it? One.
1: Yeah. Yeah um so yeah for this it was all these were very particular uh you know things that i remember very early on uh that i was quite fond of yeah and speaking of quite fond of you and i took a little road trip today
0: oh yes we made a pit stop at toys R us uh um i i didn't i I didn't know why you wanted to go so bad i was you're like you want to go to toys R us and i'm like uh for what <laughs> i hadn't i didn't i hadn't been there since they
1: uh, announced okay so i just i wanted to check it out and see what was there and we had like about i, I 20 might end minutes. up i'm not gonna get i was joking i'm not gonna get the uh cart return right but i might get a shopping cart why not it's
0: 25 bucks uh mrs squeezer might kill you if you come home with a shopping cart
1: I'll put it in the garage, which she'll kill me because I don't let her put her car in the garage. So to have a shopping cart in the garage, yeah, she'll probably kill me. I did um, like uh, one,
0: of our, one of our fans. Uh, he, tw- he he posted on your picture. Uh, as, a, as a parent, you can now use that to corral all the ride along um, <laughs> uh, things for your daughter will be using. It's funny, you, uh, you were talking about in Toys R Us today. Uh, yeah, and yeah, all the bikes were pretty much picked clean. There
1: were some kind of power wheels.
0: Yeah, well, and you stuff. you left for a toy for Squeeze so yeah. that's all that matters.
1: Yeah. Um, and I got my uh, uh, Teddy, a little West World uh, figure, so I'm happy. Uh, but what what killed me was, and we this is what we talked about. What was important about the store, and I saw it firsthand. That joy of going to the toy store as a kid and all throughout the store in in like the the uh carcass that is toys r us you still hear like little voices running around like mommy mommy and like kids like so excited um i heard some little girl just squeal out like ooh, princesses
0: and i'm like i this we can't lose that yeah you can't i and like i said something's going to pop up the market's cl- clearly there. It wasn't the fact that people weren't going to Toys R Us that shut it down. It was um, corporate greed. Yes. And so, the, you know, with a hole in the market, Amazon might be the ones to buy the buy the name and then reopen stores. Because they look to really be getting into the brick and mortar game. Yeah, it, it it creates a storefront, but the back half of Toys R Us is a warehouse, so mm. you know, there's a there's another warehouse for Amazon to sure to run out of. And it and then like a locker people order it, it. you look at it more as a
1: a marketing tool,
0: you know. We're than currently an actual in a retailer. situation where I have to send everything to my office I want to order on Amazon and Enchantress has to send it to her uh, parents' house because They won't deliver our package to our front door because our mail room in our neighborhood isn't built yet.
1: So we have to
0: pick it up at the post office, which has the hours of about when everyone's working and no one's on their lunch break. And so it'd be easier to like just go to a store at that point. So order what you want. One big Amazon locker. Right. Right. At that point, yeah. So um, you know, it's, it's it wouldn't be. That's the fucking U.S. Post Office. That's why they're they're because they won't deliver to your door if there's nowhere they they can't pull into a drive or something like UPS and a FedEx have all delivered to our door there at this house, but got U.S. the government post office fucking can't get it right. Uh, but uh, yeah, you were you were pretty smitten. I was just I look at is like yes, this is uh, this is a, it's a weird juxtaposition from us like i'm looking at yeah this is all right it's gonna go away uh something else is gonna pop in this place you're the one all nostalgic it was it wasn't the store. it was it was
1: the little kitties they got to me i didn't
0: even notice them well of course you didn't you i you didn't even want to leave the place i was like all right screws are we gonna we got work to do (laughs) okay we gotta go you could have uh, bet you could have stayed there forever. Oh, I
1: could have been there all day. Yeah. Just yeah. just looking around. Yeah. yeah I skipped I'm, a couple I'll I'll go
0: back. <laughs> uh for me though, if if we were talking KB toys, then I would have been nostalgic. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's just the difference between but us.
1: But then again, like KB kinda always felt like going in there was like going into Toys R Us in the end days.
0: Um yeah. But they are always going to be there. You didn't have to worry about it. Uh, and there was more, much more selection. But yeah, KB, the liquidator that they were.
1: I'm impressed. There's still a lot there for, you know, what they have. And uh, from what I understand, there's still warehouses full of shit that they keep bringing in. Um, so, yeah, they'll keep stocking until they get rid of it all. Who knows? The the one by us might not even ever actually close. Something might happen. Someone might buy it up and uh, take it over and rebrand it or whatever before they even get the chance to shut the doors.
0: Right, right.
1: And then they're going to be out-of-cart corrals.
0: (laughs) Out-of-cart corrals. You're going to have them all. You know what? what, You're talking about mowing your lawn all the time. Let's pave it over, paint some Uh. parking spots. And drop some cart corrals in. So you Dude, can. Re- it didn't
1: even occur to me. I used that cart corral back in the day for like the three miserable months that I worked at Tars-R-R-R-S. R Us. I had to fucking get the carts out of that damn thing.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> that's what you. That's. Uh, that's a piece of Squeezer history. We got to buy it and put it in your yard. Cave uh, it over. If I
1: t- if I touch it, am I gonna have like a? Fl- my eyes gonna dilate and? Take uh, me back there. Yeah. All right. Let's do it.
0: All right it's only 125 bucks let's go get it tomorrow it'll fit in your truck right
1: i'll bring my tools
0: um well yeah i would expect you to bring your tools we have to take it apart a little bit anyway uh we're talking totally 80s today and i go first this week so without further ado here is my first pick this is drugs this is your brain on drugs any questions? Remember this spot from the
1: late 80s squeezer? Yeah, I have a question. Are you going to eat that egg? Because...
0: <laughs> a fried egg. I mean, come on. Yeah. I prefer I'm scrambled, actually, but I'm pretty yes, hungry so right now. Yeah. Uh, so, in the Reagan era, just say no became the, the way to combat drugs. Mm-hmm. and the US anti-narcotics campaign from the Partnership of Drug-Free America in 1987 launched this is your brain on drugs and it was such a gen x spot like so like poof. <laughs> um the it started with this man uh who uh is apparently played by John Roselis Ro- and uh he had a few credits he was in Space Jam, actually. Um, oh! But a very small bit party. He was Baron's manager. He was in Con Air. He played Skip Denvers. Um, let's see. What else was he in that you might like? He was he had a role in JAG. He was Admiral Drake from 1995 to 2002. No? I don't think I ever watched an episode of JAG. <laughs> On Mar- In Mars Attacked, he was the GNN boss. You know, the CNN. Okay. Yeah. Anyway... He was, like, uh, in this, like, very, like, empty apartment, and he's just like, oh, you don't know the drug abuse? And he holds up the egg, and he's like, this is your brain, dummy, you know? And then he has the frying pan with uh the grease in it, and he's like, this is drugs. He cracks it and drops it in the, the thing. He's like, this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Mm-hmm. No. Because if you don't get it, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. So the one I played was like the one I saw all the time. It was just like yeah. a short one that had an egg dropping to your pants. It says, okay, last time this is drugs. This is your brand on drugs. Any questions? And that became like, um, a, a meme before a meme was a meme. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It was parodied and everything. Uh, and still shows still like joke about it. Uh, in 1997, Rachel Lee Cook was starred in a new one that would that would say, this is your brain, and this is heroin for the frying pan. They really got deep. Oh. And uh, then she'd say, this is your brain after snorting heroin, and then slams it down on the egg. And then lifts the pan up and shows the remnants and says, this is what your body goes through. These commercials, uh, I didn't really scare me from drugs. I didn't do drugs. I mean, I don't consider pot a drug. Or alcohol, <laughs> but I don't. I never did code drugs, and but I don't. I don't know if these commercials didn't. Whoa, Squeezie, you're. Uh, you What's look. going on? Your 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 burner turned on. I hear it. Oh no, something
1: happened. Really, I couldn't hear you for a second. You got all weird. No, is your is your air conditioner running or your burner?
0: No, that, that's the furnace. Why is the furnace running? It's
1: uh boy, yeah. the uh, it's gotta stay a temp. Oh, otherwise, otherwise it cools and then you get sulfuric acid buildup uh, and it eats away at it um so that's your
0: bob vila home again uh yeah today everything you just said went over went over my head uh do you remember in batman forever the riddler like does a parody of the commercial this is your brand on box yeah yeah Mm-hmm. I remember. It was, yeah,
1: it was, I it, I felt like oh, shmu- shmu- that.
0: Schmuffin's in here I had
1: the frying pan smash it. After that,
0: you hear? Hi, Schmuffin. Hi, Schmuffin. She just like, this little diva needs to be on every episode. I feel like she just waits to come in here and uh, say it. Speaking of uh, current news, the epi- the show, Roseanne uh, reenacts the PSA. Yeah, as, as a joke in a show and, and, bef- and you know before the reboot
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, hot and, something happened with Ozan over the last few days I don't know, you might have heard about it yeah uh, of course Saturday Night Live parried it um, married with children anything in like 80s and 90s was joking with Schmuffin, we have to do a show here <laughs> alright We're trying to talk about this is your brain on drugs. You weren't even alive. You don't even know. You could be doing drugs because this doesn't exist in your... Doesn't exist in your squeezer? Help me out with the word. Uh... No, Schmuffin. we can't use that word. Cataverse? Sure, Cataverse. Schmuffin, this isn't even in your Cataverse. That might be a real word. I don't know. She's just rubbing her head against the side of the table that holds our audio board uh anyway uh this i thought there was nothing more 80s than this is your brain on drugs commercial so uh we talked way too long about this so let's move on to your first pick any preamble uh when you can't find a clip you go to the uh you go to the old
1: well Mm. a little higher wendell Mm. (laughs) a lot higher martin uh, Ralph, that's a basketball. Ralph, uh, thanks, Ralph. Uh, so n- me not being the, the basketball aficionado that I am, um, really? that's all I could think of to use. And in my world, there, were, I, I kind of remembered some Dream Team stuff, you know, sure. But for me, there were basketball played two important roles in my life: Jordan versus Bird for NES. Right, and the Sears tabletop basketball bubble hot bubble basketball game. Right, of course. That,
0: that's I think for most people.
1: Yes, amongst the top greatest uh, inventions of all time. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, like bubble hockey. Yeah, but it's basketball
0: mixed with hungry hungry hippos. Is this with the red and blue buttons? Yes. Okay, I'm look It's, it's on eBay for forty five dollars if you want to pick. Yeah, them up.
1: Yeah, you. You just google tabletop basketball or bubble basketball and you, you'll know exactly what i'm talking about and you'll see so you have um it's set up where you have rows of keys uh opposite each other and the bubbles in the middle and the court is actually it, this was like it was like tin or like a real like a stamp sheet of aluminum or something and then it was um it wasn't flat Uh, It it looked like a basketball court, and the roof had leaked for a number of years, and the floor buckled. But the point of that was to funnel the ball, which was a little yellow plastic ball, into one of the holes, uh, similar to a, uh, what's that maze, like a labyrinth thing? Yeah, okay. But not, not big enough for it to fall through. It would settle in. And then each hole had a number. And that number would correspond to a button. Well, each hole had two numbers. One red, one blue. And so that way each button would control a little bumper in that uh, in the hole. Like, each team had a little bumper in each hole. I'm trying to so think of what got this there is first, like. What?
0: I'm trying to think of what this is like.
1: Um... Like, I always, like I said, I, I treat it like hungry, hungry hippos. You just bang on it as much as you can and hope that you get there first. Right. Um, or similar to, like, monkeys typing on a typewriter. Yeah. And then the goal was to, you know, hit it,
0: the button, and get it in the net. And, and you had, there was no electronic scorekeeping. You had to kind of keep score. Oh, no.
1: No, there was a dial. It was one of those, um, like, they had the little numbers, and there was a dial, and you would turn your dial to keep track of your score. Oh, okay. Uh, I I played this thing ad nauseum. Um, I don't know where it came from or why we had it, because I didn't like basketball. But uh, all I know is it was always damaged. No matter what, that, that, it was always a dent or a crack in that bubble um and then just the the sound of it the sound of the clickety clack is, is something it, it it doesn't leave you and it's like you you didn't have the squeaky sneakers but you, you got the clickety clack of the plastic and metal going on and uh i don't know i feel like you miss out without having something like this and i don't know how long it could actually keep your attention uh i don't know how it kept my attention but uh I really miss playing one of these things. And I'm sure if I played it now, I probably really wouldn't.
0: But, yeah. It looks pretty fun, but I never played it personally. No? No. But um, if you're looking for it, just search Retro 80 Sears Tabletop Basketball Game Bubble Sports Board Game Vintage Rare on eBay, and uh, you can get yourself one. I'm looking. Oh, I see the dial. I see the dial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I love this thing. That's uh your foray into basketball? You didn't, That's you, you about didn't have as, a hoop out front I, that you I shot on a, all day long? I did a
1: basketball summer camp when I was a kid. Um, uh, oh, Before oh, I became oh, oh. Uh, a, a, a fat pile of crap. <laughs> um, I was... uh are uh, I would say on the slender side. Well, maybe a little. I was probably getting a little soft around the edges then. But uh, I was not meant for the sport um believe it or not
0: no i I don't i don't
1: oh you know what no no in uh seventh grade i made a basketball game uh in a metal shop (laughs) and uh it was this cool like i had a plate and then uh the basket and then i bent a little tab and welded a little uh uh like a little uh tray there and you could put a penny in and then you could flick the tab and try to flick the penny into the the basket well i mean
0: you still didn't actually play basketball though
1: no basketball like tabletop basketball games i I was fairly excellent at um as long as it doesn't involve me actually using a real basketball i'm pretty good at basketball
0: (laughs) i i think we need to get one of these and play each other okay i mean for posterity for posterity yeah so uh my next one is also a, something that's been kept me inside for a lot of the late 80s the very late 80s they said it wasn't humanly possible but now you can have all the power and excitement of nintendo right in the palm of your hand Introducing Game Boy. It's portable, it's in stereo, and its games are interchangeable. Plus, Game Boy comes with the outrageous new game, Tetris. And for head-to-head competition, use the revolutionary video link and blow your opponent away. Game Boy, only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, portable power. Uh, This, in 1980, might have came out like, I'm sorry, came in like a lamb, but it went out. Like a Lion, the Game Boy came out in North America in July 31st, 1989. A couple of Kelly boys had a lot of birthday money, not a lot, we barely had enough to buy a game, uh, in July of 1989. My brother got himself a Game Boy, uh, and for Christmas, actually, actually. it wasn't, but, uh, the birthday money I had, my parents were said I could use, and they supplemented to buy my own because I was so upset that I didn't get a Game Boy also for Christmas Aww. We're spoiled brats. It was one present. Um, and they're like, well, we didn't think you wanted one. I'm like, you didn't think I wanted a fucking Game Boy? Are you stupid? Like, as I had them in the, their head in a vice, like, crunching it, like, in, uh, what the hell was Pesci's name in Casino? Uh, in Casino, it was. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. Was it Jimmy? No. Nikki. It was Nikki. Nick. Nikki. Yeah. Nikki. Yeah. So that scene now that, thats kind of mute point. But yeah, that's how I had my parents had an advice like Nikki, <laughs> crushing it to get a Game Boy. No, um, they let me buy one with. My, so I got one before the new year. Before I went back to school, I had a Game Boy. My brother and I were sitting three feet across from each other, connected to a cable, playing Tetris. Uh, I remember, well, I remember um, I had Tetris. for Chris had Tetris and uh, Super Mario Land. And Super Mario Land was so fucking weird because you thought you were going to be playing, like, basically Super Mario Brothers 1 on your Game Boy. hmm But you weren't. It was far from that. And um, it was very weird, but it was fun. There was vehicle stages and, and whatnot. Uh, and then I believe we got... Next, I think I got. So I had some money um, saved up from something, and I bought. you just rolling bag. in the dough. Yeah, I was a saver, squeezer back then, and mm. I, I bought a boy in his blob, and I couldn't. Ooh. I couldn't figure out how to get past the first initial st- when you have to turn the blob <laughs> into a ladder. Yep. Like I couldn't figure out how to, to. So I never got past until like I was in junior high. That first initial stage. I would just turn him into a blowtorch and run back and forth. I don't know if the blowtorch was an option on Game Boy. It's probably too oh, hard to okay. render. But I'd, I'd rent games. Like, I remember being sick home from school one day and oh, renting that's right. Renting Mortal Kombat for Game Boy and being so fucking <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I got a game for Easter one year, which we talked about this, uh, Tiny Toon Adventures Babs Big Break. Mm-hmm. So it's still to this day my favorite Game Boy game ever made. Yeah. Uh, I I got uh, my brother had Super Mario Land one. I had Super Mario Land two, which I ranked behind Super Mario Bros. Mario Brothers three as the best, second best Mario game ever made. Ooh, yeah, that's a statement. Yeah, I really love it. Um, I think some other ones. There's so many good Game Boy games. We you had Doctor Mario because Doctor Mario translated a Nintendo or Game Boy. Mm-hmm. We had. Um, what else did we rent? I know we ran into some weird ones. I talked about that Hakeo Alien game. That was really weird that we looked up. Uh, I, had, I had baseball, Nintendo's baseball. I had Mario Golf. That was another good one. There was just a lot of. Uh, oh, and then of course, fucking Link's Awakening. Yes. God damn! I remember, like, just to get alone time, in our house it was a bi-level at the time. So it's basically like a ranch with a basement built up so that the basement's like above ground. Mm-hmm. the best way to describe it. And so to get into my front door, you had to go up steps. Like the steps, there was a porch, like a landing. It really um, is a
1: strange design.
0: Yeah, it really was. So you'd go in, but downstairs so upstairs was the main bathroom, and downstairs was the powder room. And I might have told the story, but I used to lock myself in the powder room downstairs just so I could play. Because I, I get so into it and need to concentrate. I just need... I sit there on the toilet with the lid down and everything, bring mm-hmm. my knees up playing Link's Awakening. You can easily yeah, you can easily get lost in that game. Yeah, I needed to uh, uh concentrate. This is before game I at Langco, a store we talked about multiple times on here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um it's like it was like a wa- pre Walmart. It was we were just in Ohio, Enchantress and I, and there was a store called mm-hmm. she pronounces it Meyer, but it's M E J I-E-R or whatever. I pronounce it mid <laughs> Yeah, it's mid It's mid So that, I walked inside and it was this massive grocery store, but also like a clothing store and everything. The thir- first thing that popped in my head was, holy shit, this is a Uh But yeah, at Co, I bought the Game Boy Game Genie, which was this fucking monstrosity <laughs> yeah. that you'd plug into the Game Boy and had like a little holder on the back for the teensy little bulk that you got the codes out of. and it came with stickers that you could put on the back of the carts Because it
1: already didn't weigh enough. Right,
0: yeah. So you're basically holding like um, uh, a one-pound gold bar. Or not one pound. What what would a gold bar weigh? 18 pounds? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever... Maybe 30. I'm trying to remember Die Hard 3. That's That's right. That's all you... Oh, man, that was my gold bar. How much... Does a gold bar weigh? Uh, they're giving me European time <laughs> weights. Uh, what's twelve point four kgs? Kilograms. Yeah. Twelve
1: kilograms is roughly like twenty. Is that like twenty five pounds? Maybe. I don't. Know. I always I always thought like uh like two pounds to a it's key. Twenty seven
0: right? pounds. That was close enough. Yeah, and we said thirty. Not bad big. for uh. We said 30, right? Well, I said probably 30 pounds. Yeah. Because I assumed if Sam Jackson was like, man, this is heavy, it probably weighed. All right, so that was about what a Game Boy with a Game Boy Game Genie weighed. (laughs) And
1: at the time, more valuable to us. (laughs) Yeah, right. I
0: would have traded Sam Jackson his gold bar, or my gold bar for that Game Boy with a Game Genie any day of the week. Worth it. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, I'm interested to hear about this next pick of yours. It's in the neighborhood. Are you gonna call? Ghostbusters, Ryan.
1: So, Ghostbusters, they were a team of paranormal uh, wait, wait, investigators wait.
0: and exterminators yeah from that movie um, that came out two years ago
1: yes um, with the women so,
0: how's this oh, rad yes. years what's that how's this rad years this oh, movie just came it out or not, two years ago
1: um there was movie two movies that came out in the 80s and there was a quite successful toy commercial that ran for 22 minutes every saturday morning
0: no yeah and they had merch Lots and lots of merch. Yeah, of course. It is. listen, if you're if you're new to the Radiers podcast, we talk about Ghostbusters at nauseam, so we're, we clearly know what Ghostbusters is. We jest. Um,
1: I so I wanted to do something Ghostbusters, and I had to. I wanted to go a little niche with it, and I did. And this is one of those things where when the topic came up, I went to my my long list where it's like if something just pops in my head that doesn't fit a current show i just throw it on the list and then you know every now and then check it out and see if something works and this yeah. was one of them and this has been on for a long time and it is the real ghostbusters pop-up the pop-up book the health club ghost oh so they list us uh, our good friends at simon and schuster uh, i know schuster pretty well um <laughs> they released uh, a series of four books um the Health Club Ghost, The Bathtub Ghost, or, uh, sorry, three books. The Bathtub Ghost, The Health Club Bo- Ghost, and The Birthday Ghost. Yes. Totaling a grand total, total, grand total, 12 glorious pages of pop-up action. Yeah, this book's only four pages long. Oh. Yeah. But, as far as pop-up books go, it's awesome. Okay. So, you open up the first page, and... Uh, it's not like I wouldn't, o- you don't open it up all the way or it'll flatten back up. So you only do like, do like a 90, but when you do, it's cool. Like the whole, uh, the firehouse pops up and you see Ecto-1 come flying out the door. Uh, well, that's on the second page, but on, on the other page, you see like all the guys just kind of hanging out, uh, Ray's with stuff, Pete's on the phone, uh, Winston's just hanging out reading the paper, but they're in 3D, they're popping out at you. You know, and then... they Oh, I'm guessing Pete got the call to go to the health club because there's a ghost there. You know, and according to the book, uh, there's carrot juice and sprouts, and the jacuzzi was full of slime. Oh. Yeah. So they quick rush to the firehouse, and um, when they get there, uh, everyone had run out, but they just hear this grunting and groaning, and everyone's scared, and they look in the bodybuilding room, and there's this... Um, to quote them a very big very fat ghost trying to lift weights okay and uh, so rather than just you know murder him with their ghost guns um i don't know all they just i guess he won them over and they wanted the help instead they realized oh this guy isn't you know it, it, like the stay puff you know it's just he's just trying to get laid you know um He's a sailor. We're in New York. We get this guy laid. We're all right. Thank you. Uh, you retain quotes better than I do. <laughs> um, so they uh, they have a solution rather than the ghost. Uh, there's a lesson to be learned here. Rather than you know commit and work hard and and achieve something in the end that you can be proud of. Right. Uh, I'll just read directly from the book for you. Uh, there's a other way to lose weight if you're a ghost," he said. "We could help you shave off a few pounds of psychokinetic energy by reversing the current in our proton packs." Really? Oh, yeah," said the ghost happily. "I'd be ever so grateful, and I promise I'll never haunt another health club again." Yes, so they uh, release the uh, reverse their proton pack currents and basically shrink him down. And then it cuts to the next page of the pop up and he is now skinny giving them a little salute and thanking them uh while they look on like, oh that little guy, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So there you go, kids. Don't work hard. Have uh four grown men that are pseudoscientists zap you with their uh nuclear laser beams. Okay. And uh you can help you can lose weight too.
0: Oh. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, I, this I I just ah oh, man, I love you, this book. You as a know, kid. you can buy was, this on Amazon for six dollars. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. It's it's out there. Uh, I I absolutely adored this book.
0: Well, uh, I think you should you, you and it's, great, it? it's only four pages, so I was able to read it in like a week. <laughs> I'm reading um, the a uh, picture I found online of the bathtub ghost, and it shows a picture of. The Ghostbusters at the table at the firehouse, it says the real Ghostbusters relaxing in their fi- firehouse headquarters when the call came in from Bradley. This case may be a little tricky, said Egon. The proton guns won't work on a wet ghost. We'll have to get him out of that tub and dry him before we can lasso him up into a ghost trap. Sounds like the makings of a ghost porn. Hang on,
1: I want to, pardon me, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper in this. Let me just, uh, which one was it? Bathtub, the bathtub, bathtub ghost. ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm-hmm.
0: Typing. This is the sound of typing. The fully this equipped real this. Ghostbusters. What do What do you What do, you, what do you, are you Are you setting up a premise here that I don't know about?
1: No, 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 no. no. I'm looking into something real quick. I was just curious. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's a, okay? No, they have the common courtesy. Okay, it's a different pop up. Uh, I wanted to be sure. Because they're sitting around a table here, right, when uh, Egon gets the call? Yeah. And then they're going down into a cellar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the The way you kind of described it, I'm like, that's exactly how uh, the health club ghost starts out.
0: And oh, so I can only
1: imagine um, that it was, they just did the exact same thing and just drew slightly different ghosts, maybe. Oh. But no, they're different books. So I, I never, I never had. I didn't know there were even other ones. To me, like that, my crowning jewel in my uh, collection of novels as a child was the
0: uh, oh, real cool. ghostbusters. No, Papa. I definitely remember these. Uh, just seeing the, the, the solid color around the circled square image in the mm-hmm. middle. That these just point. These were everywhere, often a full library. Good pick, squeeze. I think me and the readers are the readers and I, we approve. All right. Uh this one this one's gonna be a little weird, but just bear with me, all right. I don't think it counted towards book it though. I think they gave me
1: trouble. Oh yeah,
0: Enchantress asked if we were talking book it. And I'm like, I think that was started in the seventies. Obviously I was wrong, it was nineteen eighty four. Started okay. by Pizza Hut. <laughs> um Pizza Hut's book it. Uh we're fans. And maybe we've talked about it before and maybe we'll get to it again. Mm -hmm. but speaking of food staying with food my next pick is the following who on earth
1: could put the creamy taste of Cool Ranch flavor on a chip new Cool Ranch flavor Doritos brand tortilla chips
0: Nacho cheese was just the beginning. Now, taste new Cool Ranch. I, I don't know what that creepy voice in the background having the orgasm over <laughs> Cool Ranch is, but... I Oh, that was me. Oh. So, Cool Ranch Doritos debuted in 1986, Squeezer. Did they really? Yes. Wow,
1: so they've pretty much been with me my whole
0: life, and... Oh, yeah. I, I'm happy about that. So... Doritos were invented in the 60s and there's like two conflicting stories of how they were invented. There's um, some Disney World story about like old tortilla chips and then there's some story about him being in like Mexico and buying a bag of greasy like hard like chips or tortilla chips and a trip to Mexico in a greasy bag. But whatever, they made Doritos and the first, uh, they had planned then they had the taco flavored. And then in uh, I think 1973... The big guy came out, nacho cheese. Mm -hmm. But I think a game changer came out in 1986, and it really kind of stamped the 80s and 90s and the food flavoring of the air for everybody with cool ranch Doritos. Now This was was before ranch was a food group. (laughs) Right, but it, it helped sense, set the tone. For mm-hmm. ranch being a food group, like you wouldn't have Homer Simpson saying, Bring me my ranch dressing hose. Bring me my ranch dressing hose. Um, but ranch dressing is is very American. Uh, it's basically like buttermilk, salt, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like artificial flavoring, MSG. And um, yeah. there's either it emulsifies with either mayonnaise, sour cream, or sometimes yogurt. Uh, uh it, it's funny when you list all those ingredients you would not want to eat it right but it it, it overtook the united states in 1971 when it it passed italian dressing as the number one salad dressing in the country and there's like conflicting stories of where that came from also uh, apparently there was um, a dude ranch at uh in california where they he made a bunch of spices and i think it was hidden valley the original like name and it was really it was a spice Hmm. packet to be mixed with mayonnaise and buttermilk to make a dressing
1: okay kind of like you would like with like onion mix or some shit like right
0: and since there was there was no name for it they just called it hidden valley ranch dressing so everyone would call Hmm. it ranch dressing and it's just just ranch became a food it, and and craft started calling their dressing packets ranch style uh obviously they were sued but i, I don't know how it, it it happened but there was also uh uh hidden valley sold off to corporate they sold out immediately to clorox oh. nonetheless interesting right so you know your bleach in one factory your ranch in the other <laughs> Uh, Clorox kept uh, reformulating the recipe to make it more convenient. Um, so, like if it was, and this is to, to manufacture or for your body to process. Oh to, no, to make at home. So at first, they, oh, okay. so you used to have to put buttermilk in, and then they put like a buttermilk flavoring. So all you have to do was add standard milk, which was easier to get than buttermilk in the eighties. And then okay. the, in 1983, uh, the kind that you and I know most, like, like intimately, I would say, mm-hmm. they developed a non-refrigerated bottle formulation. Thanks, Clark Griswold. <laughs> yeah, it's Clorox in, uh, for Hidden Valley Ranch. Uh, and then, of course, in 1986, Cool Ranch became a flavor of Doritos. Now, I was a kid... Who was very anti Cool Ranch in the '80s? I, uh, I was very, I was a nacho cheese guy. I never even tried. I was just like, I don't like that. I don't like the idea. And then my mom got this, and I can't find like proof that these existed, but it was a double bag. There was, it was like a clear bag with two like long bags in it. half the bag was mini nacho cheese Doritos, and the other half was Cool Ranch. So I took these mm-hmm. into my room and pretended they were like mini pizzas and I was a Ninja Turtle just scarfing them down I'm not kidding and we ran out so my mom said take the Cool Ranch ones I'm like I don't like Cool Ranch she said it's the same flavor it's just not orange she was kind (laughs) of (laughs) right and I tried it and you talking about your eyes dilating and getting large and Mm -hmm. yeah I think the first time I tried a Cool Ranch Dorito
1: like Henry Hill when he does a line of Coke and all of a sudden the music kicks in. and Yeah, or
0: uh, all he's... those heroin addicts and Requiem for a Dream. Yes. Um So, obviously we all know the Doritos uh, uh, Locos Tacos from Taco Bell. The mm-hmm. biggest thing to ever hit Taco Bell. They released a nacho cheese one, I believe, in 2014 and we're selling a million tacos a day. <laughs> then... The gods of junk food smiled upon us, and they created the Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Taco, which happens to me my... If you would ask me if I could only have one fast food for the rest of my life, it wouldn't be hard, because I don't really particularly like most fast food, but the one thing I couldn't live without was, is Doritos Locos... Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Tacos.
1: Well, I think you make up for it, then. Why? If, if that's going to be your pick. I mean, it, it's really no no worse i guess no better no worse oh no i mean Than, say a
0: whopper ah, it's probably not as bad as a whopper no no it's not at all i mean sodium wise yeah you're gonna have to drink a little extra water but sure you know it's low on carbs low on it's just uh taco uh, camels retain water why can't we yeah right <laughs> it's just it's their taco bell taco meat whatever that is uh Lettuce and cheese and the Doritos shells. So there's no like mayonnaises or dressings. It's probably way healthier than a Whopper. And you get that handy little sleeve. The thing is great. Um, and you get, you're eating like a Doritos taco. It's oh, God, that brilliant. sounds
1: so good right now.
0: <laughs> you're like a starving squeezer. I am. I'm a hungry boy. A hungry boy. Uh, anyway, yeah, Cool Ranch Doritos Tacos. Um, picture a little R.K. as we're pretending food. he's a Ninja Turtle shoveling down little mini Doritos. I gotta find, if anyone has a picture of that double bag Doritos from like the early 90s, like, let me know. Send it over. because right, I know it existed. I just can't find it a proof of it online. Um, all right, Squeeze, here's your next one. Staying with food. Damn it. Yeah. I don't see any fry kids up here to steal my McDonald's french fries. Surprise! Ronald McDonald, in? Yeah?
1: <laughs> fry kids. <laughs> You'll never catch us. You'll never learn.
0: That's what you think. We've got your french fries. Silly fry kids. great
1: taste. Driver, get us out of here. Where to? Uh-oh.
0: I really think they should bring that back. It's a great time for the good taste of McDonald's. Or a good time for the great taste. What even is their slogan now? Do
1: they even have one? Um, are, they even, are they even allowed to advertise McDonald's anymore? Or is that not. like cigarette and liquor commercials? <laughs> yeah, you might be right. I actually... I drove by like three McDonald's on my way here. Man, and I had to... I'm like, no... That's bad for me, and it's late. I only eat after nine o'clock anyway, right?
0: So that's your your. Is it a
1: diet? No, it's just uh, it's just in general. Try not to eat after you know that late for you. It's not good for you.
0: Yeah, but nothing's good for you anymore.
1: oh, well, that's also true. I notice I do sleep better though when I when I don't eat like shit at night. It what, obviously. What were you
0: normally eating? Like before I would go to bed? Yeah. Uh.
1: Half a pound of Vermont Extra Sharp Cheddar. So what? That's good. Yeah, it's delicious. But then you got weird dreams and you're tossing and turning. Now I just get a good night's rest for a good three and a half hours. <laughs> um, the Fry Kids. Yeah. Or Fry Guys, if you want to go back a little bit further. Right. If you want to go back even further to like the 70s, the Goblins, that's what they started out as. Oh, really? Yeah, they were the Goblins. And then after the whole McDonaldland lawsuit, um, I think it's still I'm set, Loving It, by the way. What's that?
0: It's still I'm Loving It.
1: Okay. From oh, what, yeah, I forgot about that. From da. what I could find. Da, 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 da. Um, uh,. Then they became uh, yeah, the Fry Guys, and then in 86, um, I'm sorry, 85, uh, they added a female cast of Fry, of Fry Guys, so they couldn't be Fry Guys, so they became the Fry Kids. So uh, the guys were blue, green, and orange, and then they added uh, the girls, which were a, a bright pink, a cyan, and uh, yellow. Um and I don't know what it was about them. They're just fun, like they were that uh, uh, minions before minions, uh, right. you know, kind of character. And I, I don't know. I always like, and I was obsessed with fries too. So my personal thing was I loved the um, riding them, and like the uh, p- before the playland became some soft little playground with balls and plastic and when it was a metal death trap um of heavy gauge springs and steel um yeah they had the little uh fry guy uh rockers that you could
0: ride and i love those things Mm -hmm. do you have the fry guy figures from the happy meals
1: uh i i want to say yes i i think i had um I think it was like the, is it Indian Chief? I don't know if you can say that anymore. No,
0: I don't think
1: so. Like the orange one. Native American headdress uh, cultural appropriation fry person.
0: Oh, yeah, him. Uh, He was everyone's favorite. Yeah.
1: But yeah, 89, they had a a Happy Meal toy line similar to
0: the um, uh,
1: Nuggets. You know, they came with like
0: little yeah, hats exactly. and shoes. I, I, see, I always am partial to um, the McNugget buddies. Yeah. Uh, as you would be Fry Guys, but, you know. Well,
1: I, I was partial to McNugget buddies myself. But a, a, as a character in, in the commercials, I, I enjoyed Fry Guys more. I loved myself a good Fry oh, I Guy. I love commercial. the little
0: anthropomorphic, anthropomorphized, anthropomorphized, Anthrom- mm-hmm. anthropomorphized, anthropomorphized morphinized yep there you um, go little mcnuggets puppets that talked and were like so excited to just about to be eaten yes and take little dunks like skinny dip dunks and like barbecue sauce fuck i love that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but go on you didn't you loved the fry guys whose bodies were made of i don't know
1: well i think it's maybe it might have been like a a muppet
0: thing too because it reminded me of Muppets. Well, yeah, the Fry Guys in the commercial, I'm sorry, the McNugget Buddies were little soft uh, Muppets.
1: Yeah, but they were like, these were like the shaggy kind of, like, almost right. uh, McDonald's, like a McDonald's, Sesame Street kind of monster kind of thing going on.
0: Okay, I can respect that. Yeah. Um, was good. Another good pick, Squeeze. We're really rocking through the 80s here. Ready for my next. And the masters of the universe! I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! E man. He has the power. Squeezer, nothing says 1980s to me more than He Man and the Masters of the Universe. We've talked to... You're right over there? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I have a squeaky chair. No. Yeah. So do I. We talked about their history on the show before. We pitched, I pitched, a movie mm-hmm. idea. Uh, I don't know how good it was. How's that coming along? Uh, we're in, still in development hell. Ha- ha- has it been poached yet? Not that I know of. I got I got some hate for it. Someone was like well, on Instagram said, uh, Prince Adam is an ad exec. No way, man! And I explained to it like it's a, it's a, he had to find himself and become the hero. And uh, I don't know if he bought it or not. Uh, our friend Rocco did enjoy it. He said it was out of our a lot of our shit ideas. It was one good one. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rocco. Um, but uh, this was. Um, to me, everything. like there's, I, sh- I showed you that picture. I don't know if I posted it. If not, I'll post it again. Uh, my mom made me an Orco birthday cake when I was like you know, four or five. Mm-hmm. My first action figures I remember and toy line that I remember having and being really into was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. and In so much that um, like the action figures were just tailor-made for kids. They were so ridiculous. You couldn't not love them. Mm-hmm. They all had gimmicks. And, like, that's all you wanted as a kid. You wanted an action figure that stinks like a skunk. <laughs> well, that suction cup to your bathtub. Or, you know, his eyes popped out of his head. Or he had gears inside of him. Uh, and then you, all you have to do is watch, like, uh, a Rick and Morty episode where they just have to, like, where they try and jam so many characters in. And you're like, I think they're stealing some of these from Masters of the Universe <laughs> and just ripping them off. Uh, but there was just so many good uh, characters, action figures, and the cartoon. You look back on it now, it's kind of weird and stupid, but and at the time, it was awesome. Filmation, uh, and I don't know. I was really into *Human uh, and the Masters of the Universe*, and uh always will be. It's always a um, one of my favorite franchises, and I wish it. Uh, I wish it was done right. For like a movie. Squeeze, you weren't really into He Man, right?
1: I, I mean I, I, I liked He Man, but I was a
0: I was a G.I. Joe kid. Yes, yeah. My uh, brother was first in the, and Foremost. My brother was in G.I. Joe into G.I. Joe and not and I really really wasn't.
1: And then it got tricky too, because now you're talking two different play scales, you know? Yeah. Uh whereas like a a ninja
0: turtle could easily interact with a a, a He Man. Well a Ninja Turtle could interact with a He Man because Ninja Turtles in the comics were supposed to be really short. Mm-hmm. So it worked out. Uh, Ninja Turtles also could pro wrestle, has pro wrestling figures. Sure. But there was, there was also just a, a feel to those those figures versus your
1: your G.I. Joe just designed an entirely different uh you know. Yeah. But
0: they all they were both held together by a rubber band in the middle.
1: Ah, uh, fair enough. Aren't
0: we all aren't we, aren't all? we all Speaking of G.I. Joe squeezer, your next pick, uh oh, I'm fading up the wrong pot. There we go. Here we go. Nothing can stop Cobra. What about GI Joe? It's the GI yeah. Joe. Cobra. GI Joe. Joe. That Joe against Cobra. That's your ammo.
1: GI Joe against Cobra. the first one to knock out the other guy's ammo, rockets, communications, and laser power wins. I'm gonna
0: get you, Joe. No way, Cobra. GI Joe. Yeah. Joe
1: against Cobra. I win. What the hell? That, hey, it's a 36-year-old commercial. Give it some slack. It's the does best quality one I can find out there. All of see- them are like this. Someone posted it like 10 years ago, and all the copies of it are all this. Everyone just reposting the same one. It just kind of falls off
0: a cliff there. Yeah, yeah. What, what exactly is this?
1: And, and, and even, the, of course, you actually see when watching the video, you see the tear in the tape as they announce the name of the product that they're selling you. Uh, it's the G.I. Joe Cobra Battle Game, released in 82. Uh, the commercial's brilliant because you're literally just watching kids fire rockets at each other playing this game.
0: Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it uses um, those little darts.
1: Yeah, so it's you, you have two bases, uh, two little plastic bases, and uh, there is a rubber band-powered uh, rocket launcher that launches foam darts. And then there are four uh, little panels that are like the uh, uh, your your ammo dump and uh, your, uh, you know, communication. You know, each one has a own little thing. And the idea was you keep launching your rockets and you have to knock out the other guys for four targets before he can knock out yours.
0: How how easily did those? I'm sorry. How easily did those pop out?
1: I don't remember because I don't think I ever was able to even hit it. It would kind of devolve into just firing rockets at each other. Fair enough. And but what was fun was you could use it, kinda integrate it with your G.I. Joe's and just use them as, you know, play sets as well. Um, yeah,
0: they, they look tailor made for that.
1: Yeah, it even it even like the box that it comes in, you would think that it's like a vehicle. When when you look at it the way it's like the the front and the back yeah uh, looks just like it and even yeah. the instructions the assembly instructions right you can, you can tell that this was a, a GI Joe product like it wasn't yeah. this really was nothing different than something that would come off the action figure or vehicle line um I didn't have I didn't play this game all that much I wanted to this was uh the uh this belonged to the kid up the street that also had Castle Gray Skull and Crossfire. And all he wanted to do was play outside. What a bastard. What What is wrong with you? Like, you can easily... Because you only need one hand to play this game. Right. You only need one hand to play Crossfire. So you could simultaneously be playing Cobra Battle Game and Crossfire at the same time. <laughs>
0: it looks like I'm looking at the guts of it. Mm-hmm. It looks like two of the pieces were like kind of spring loaded. If you hit it, it'd flip up mm-hmm. and it looks like the other ones just easily fall out.
1: Yeah. From what I know, oh, re- no. Yes. The,
0: the spring loads for all of them. So they all just like, if you hit it, it'll you know, it's like a mousetrap. It flicks yeah, it it's up. It's supposed to like pop. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I believe there, it was all rubber band powered. Um, so yeah. I'm sure someone lost an eye at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always it, this was just one of those those fun fun games that you didn't even actually like you didn't you didn't play the game. Kind of like when I talked about uh was it, crash canyon. Yeah, right. I I didn't yeah. but you just used it as a micro machine playset. you know. Right. Um or or you flip it upside down and it was white and then it was your hoth for uh your Star or your Star Wars micro machine battles in hoth cuz yeah. it was a white mold underneath. Very very useful.
0: Um but yeah, G.I. Joe Cobra bounce, Battle well.
1: game. It's uh, I I I love it because you know I I like using Game Board Geek as a as a point of reference, and uh, usually they have like a complexity rating, like how hard it is to play, and you know like what kind of strategy it is. And it got like a five point seven because someone gave it an eight. Uh, they don't even consider like rating this or anything because they don't even consider it a, a game. It's a it's a interactive uh toy i guess but looks fun. it's an interactive toy game that oh uh, i always
0: wanted as a kid well it looks fun i i didn't even know about it but it looks fun i you that's my time
1: you can launch rockets yeah it's fun.
0: you know fun in
1: in for pretend for not pretend. In real life don't do it in real life please don't not fun.
0: all right uh here's my next one and my last pick and um we're taking it up, a cl- we're classing it up here a little bit. Oh. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take, Take a, a book, look. or look, it's in <laughs> a, book, a reading <laughs> rainbow. rainbow. I can read, read anything. What? Friends to know and ways to grow, a reading rainbow. Uh, Squeezer, I take it yeah. you are a fan of LeVar Burton's Reading Rainbow.
1: Oh, of course, yes. If for any other reason it was that meant when I saw that TV sitting precariously perched on, on a cart in the classroom and the lights were out when you walked right. in and Reading Rainbow came on, that was a good 30 minutes of not having to learn anything.
0: Yeah, uh, we, we... Even
1: though the point of the show was to learn something.
0: But. Right. <laughs> we would watch it in, in school, um... With, I mean, we start with Letter People. Uh, we're talking PBS shows. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you have Letter People in kindergarten? Uh, I
1: don't remember Letter Come People. Come and
0: meet the Letter People. Come and hear your ABCs. Me, uh, and Google some you image stuff. You and me are Letter People. ABCD, follow me. So I don't you think that,
1: you're allowed to call them Letter People anymore.
0: So uh when we were in um okay yeah i remember these guys Yeah that that intro was so great and um when we were in, when i was in kindergarten uh, we'd have inflatable letter people and every day a kid would get to go out and find the letter person like it, it was like a big inflatable blow up letter person oh adorable and then we'd watch the episode but then, like when I was like home, I was just so obsessed with the show. I'd like always try and catch it on PBS. Mm-hmm. It really I would watch short. it at home. Yeah, it was really short. Uh, I love, I love the Letter People. It was, there was Muppets. Oh, I thought you. Were, I thought we were talking about Reading Rainbow again. No, I was. I think... No, we're still talking about Letter People. Then I'll get oh. to Reading Rainbow. Uh, so I remember then, like, also watching a lot of um, Reading Rainbow because uh, we watched a lot of like. When we were kids and we were waiting for dinner, like mom to make dinner, like after we got home from school, I like we didn't watch anything but PBS. So it was like Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, 123 mm-hmm. Contact, Reading Rainbow.
1: 123 Contact
0: it was a fantastic show. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or, or 321 Contact. 321 Contact, yeah. yeah. I got the magazine. Oh, you bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this was. Um, Reading Rainbow was made in 1983 uh, for PBS by uh, the Cels, uh, Selsley, Truitt, Lancet, and Larry Lancet for Lancet Media Productions in New York. The concept was created by a, a PhD, Twyla Ligert and a, uh, like a guy who worked in television, Paul Shabak for the Great Plains National Instructional Television Library at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Like, this is this sounds like the most boring thing ever. And Tony Bettino of WNED-TV in New York. And uh, the original team included Lynn Brenner-Gannick, Ellen Schechter, and a man who you probably grew up watching in Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. LeVar Burton. Uh... Each episode would be a a theme from a book and there would be like a number of segments and stories and they would have like celebrities reading, like narrating, narrating books. Um, Bill Cosby, for instance, (laughs) was one of those celebrities. Again, Mm -hmm. uh, he read Mark Brown's Arthur's eyes. Uh, and, um, he, Arthur, is the anthro, anthropomorphic anthropomorphic, <laughs> anthro, anthropomorphic, advark. Yes. Uh, just... Oh, I
1: I knew you had to say it,
0: both of them, back to back, and I was going to see if you could pull it off. Oh, yeah, that was tough. Who's now known for his clenched fish fist meme. You can even say fist. Yeah. Uh,
1: that Ar- Ar- Arthur, who's famously known on this show for uh, racking up my phone bill when my sister called him the one time
0: oh yes yes so that's what Bill Cosby read on reading Rainbow, but reading Rainbow was cancelled in 20 2006, I believe, and they just aired replays till two thousand and um nine and then there was a Kickstarter to revive it on Netflix and make an app and there was a it it worked right there was there was more episodes uh so he Burton launched an online educational s- service called Reading Rainbow Skybrary for uh schools there's just so much more like and, and now like resources yeah resources now yeah. instead of like like trucking the television on that card into the, like you just whip out everyone's iPads mhm um yeah i don't i don't think
1: you can like just do a plain old 22 minute educational show anymore and just sit like uh, do kids have the attention span to sit through 30 minutes of TV of anything.
0: Um, I mean, I, I don't even know if we did. Yeah. No. We uh, didn't
1: have a choice, I guess.
0: So, some of my favorite guest uh, readers throughout the years are um, Mar Ralbert, um, <laughs> Jeff Bridges did one, uh, Jose Canseco. <laughs> He, he, I didn't know he could read. Right? Yeah, he he very much could. Um, Tim Conway did one. Uh, as Tim Conway or? Hopefully as his. Um, as Dwarf. Right. Dwarf on books. Dwarf, uh, yeah, exactly. Dwarf on yeah. reading.
1: I'm gonna, hang on. Short list.
0: Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, Jane Goodall, who worked with the apes. Mm-hmm did one. Jim Henson, as Kermit the Frog did one, obviously. Um Lena Horn. <laughs> she was uh, one of them on Victoria Jackson, who I think later currently is crazy, right? Uh, uh Car- Carol Kane, who is currently killing it, and the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. We just Enchantress and I just started season four. Uh, Mark McGuire Steroid King of the '90s uh, did one. I got no problem with it. No, oh, neither do I. Frank the guy, Oz, got the guy
1: throwing the ball at him, was juiced up as well. So that's sure. the difference.
0: Frank Oz got to do one as Fozzie Bear. Lionel Richie did one, uh, probably without the Commodores. Lou Rawls did one. Uh, Patrick Stewart, his buddy from Star Wars, did one. You're an ass. What? You
1: did that on purpose.
0: Why? Were they not on the same show together?
1: Oh, my God. you Do not even realize what you did? I don't. <laughs> you made a lot of people angry. All right. Explain why. What show were they on? Star Trek.
0: What did I you. say? You said Star Wars. Oh. Yeah. yeah you I just mean... sparked the Civil War. <laughs> it was just a slip of tongue. I know very much what Star Wars is. I don't know really anything about Star Trek. I'm sorry. That's... I... I I forgive you. <laughs> the uh, there's a lot
1: of people I'm not sure if they will.
0: L- Luke Picard was his character, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: John Luke Picard? Yes. And LeVar Burton was Data. Yep. See? I know something. Yep. I gotta I I gotta watch this. Kevin just hearing Kevin Smith talk about life changing episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation makes me wanna watch. Also, like, like, I grew up on the commercials while watching, like, Wrestling Challenge and uh, Ron Popeil infomercials, you know? hmm WPIX11, Star Trek, The Next Generation. An-
1: anytime I'm flipping through and I see Star Trek syndicated somewhere on some strange channel, I will always... Usually it's, like, BBC America, which I... Whatever, but... Yeah, I have to put it on.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, like, it was like Baywatch and, and uh, Saturday afternoons were like WWF Wrestling Challenge, uh, Baywatch, Star Trek The Next Generation, and Romp Appeal infomercials. And some Richard Simmons were sweating to the oldies.
1: You might try Deep Space Nine, it's a little darker. You might enjoy that more.
0: I heard a lot A lot of people like the new one on the streaming show. I'm paying for it, I got YouTube right now, WWE Network. Now I'm really into watching. Something else, and, for and a la carte will never work. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I get free cable for my job, and I'm paying money for all these channels. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, moving on. That was my last pick. Squeeze. You were going to your last. Uh,
1: pick. I feel like this. This film is the pinnacle this just sums up every i couldn't pick like one movie and one tv show from the 80s so why not pick every single one of them that they crammed into an hour and a half
0: and you're saying film not as in the avant-garde term for a piece of motion picture art you're saying film as in it was shot on film
1: hey (laughs) i'm (laughs) taking
0: All right, cell-a-squeezer.
1: Bloodsport is the quintessential pinnacle of 1980s uh, capturing light on cellophane. I love this movie. Not a lot of people, critics mostly, do. In fact, uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme... Uh, was nominated for a Golden Raspberry, but he lost.
0: That doesn't mean shit.
1: Yeah, well, he lost to Ronald McDonald.
0: <laughs> for what?
1: Uh, Mac and me. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is that's uh, respectable in the world full of haters. It made 65 million in worldwide box office. It only costs like one and a half to like two million even make um because they didn't really i mean it, it stars a of course always awesome uh jean-claude van damme as frank dukes which i don't know if you're fa- are you familiar with you've seen Bloodsport, right yeah you are you familiar with the background behind it and like actual frank dukes yeah no Um uh, that he was like look into frank dukes you'll lo- you'll fall in love with this guy um, he claims to have, like, every world record and Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. By,
1: yeah, and everything is completely full of shit. Yeah, full of um, shit.
0: yeah. doesn't matter. It makes for a great movie. It's kind of like that, um, recent movie with, uh, Bradley Cooper about the sniper, American sniper.
1: Uh, there's different accounts.
0: But didn't, it, isn't it, like, widely known that that guy was full of shit? Uh, there's differing accounts. He said he was sniping looters from the the. River. Yeah, that
1: you probably shouldn't say that because if you were, you just <laughs> you, committed a crime. You were right, um, but he
0: definitely wasn't doing that.
1: No. Um. Well, he got a young, uh, always awesome, and uh, just coming into his own at this point. I think jean Claude Van Dam, uh, Bolo Young as a uh, Chung Lee, who is just the pinnacle of a villain. He's just looks the part, all steroid ripped jacked. Uh um Booger is in it, of course. Or I'm sorry, Ogre. From uh
0: Yeah, Donald Gim. Yeah, Donald Gim. Uh
1: and then you also have uh Forrest Whitaker is in it. He he's one of the uh one of the military uh investigators Detectives charged with hunting down uh, Jean Claude Van Damme because he goes AWOL to fight in the Kumite tournament. Uh, And, you know, from there, action ensues. It's a fight
0: movie, it's a tournament movie. And uh, it's the uh, genesis of the famous Jean Claude Van Damme split. Yes. Um, Which, I mean, if that, how do you not?
1: Well, I guess that's not acting. He's just doing his thing. Um, how do you give someone a golden raspberry that can do that? Yeah, right. Yeah, how dare you? Um, but this this movie is awesome. It's it just got, you got your fight sequences. They try to give you a story. I'm like, no, stop with the stories. Stop. I don't just, if it was just an entire hour and a half of them just fighting it on that mat, I I was good with that, uh, and then um, the one cool I, I I didn't know this when I was looking up. So some of the scenes are shot like in the streets of like uh, of Hong Kong, right? And it's supposed to be like real shady neighborhoods and stuff. It was shot in some real shady neighborhoods. They actually shot this in the uh, Kowloon Walled City. But yeah, before. It- before, Before they, they tore, tore it down, down. Yeah. which it, look look at pictures of the Kowloon Walled City, uh, it, it's just insane. Um, yeah, what, what this place was, right? Uh, and it was like legit. It was like, what else uh, did
0: y- they allowed something else to shoot there? Um, what the fuck else did they allow? I gotta think about it. There's something else that I was just reading about not too long ago that was shot. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, good. it had to have been difficult to, um, uh,
1: to shoot in there. Uh, let me, see, hang on, I'm in uh, Jean-Claude Dandam.
0: No, it's alright, continue, go on. Uh, Long Arm of the Law? No. Oh, okay. Uh, but keep going, keep going. Um, here,
1: here's what makes this movie so awesome. It gives you everything that you want. And it's first of all the soundtrack's awesome. You got Stan Bush Fight to Survive, okay? Montage is out the ass. And you get some slow-mo fight sequence stuff, especially at the end when he gets the salt in his eyes and then he has to like, you know, he's like sensing around, his eyes are all bulging out and stuff like that and he starts kicking uh Kunley's ass. I mean, it, it but nothing beats the, the the And I'm going to spoil this for you, okay? Spoilers? All right. All right. I mean, the the movie's uh, 30 years old. So if you haven't seen it by now... Okay, spoilers? Okay, go see Bloodsport. All right, you're back. After he wins the tournament, all right? believe it or not, uh, so then he's like, all right, fine. I He talks Forrest Whitaker and is saying, let me fight in a tournament, and then I'll... Uh, oh, shit, my mic fell down. That was smooth. Very smooth. (laughs) Let me fight in the tournament, and then I'll come back and face desertion charges, and hopefully it's not a time of war and I won't be executed. Um, He fights, wins the tournament. He gets on the plane. He stops, looks at the camera, and gives a thumbs up, and it freezes. Right. How do you not love that? How is that not the pinnacle uh, of 80s,
0: uh is schlock a hard word harsh word schlock is but schlock is okay
1: schlock i can use schlock yeah i will say schlock uh it's just you immediately like if it's a hot day say like august is you know july august around the corner if it's like 98 and humid just put blood sport on go right to the end and you will have the worst chills in the world, mostly of the douche variety, yeah, but it will manifest itself physically on you, and you might actually your core temperature might drop as that freeze frame happens with the thumbs up and it just God, I love this movie even the, even even with me shitting on it half jokingly the, i the I,
0: best part of this movie is the frank Duck's story it, because yeah. Sheldon let it who, who basically wrote the movie. Said that Frank told him all this, all this mm-hmm. stuff, which was all bullshit. Yeah. Um, but he he thought the whole kumite sounded like a great idea, and um, there was he, so Frank introduced him to a man named Richard Bender, who claimed to have actually been at the kumite event that Frank was at and swore everything Frank said was true. And then a few years later, Frank pissed this guy off, and he confessed to, uh, Sheld- um, Sheldon that everything Frank said about Kumite was a lie, and he coached him what to say. And then they found so they disputed all his martial arts background and his prior military service. And then the organization the LA Times did a, a piece and the organization that allegedly staged Kumite had the same address as Ducks, his house, Frank Ducks's house. <laughs> and the trophy he claims to have won was bought by him at a local trophy store they have the receipt <laughs> Why would you keep the receipt? Uh, oh, it's so great. So great. Yeah, like but I, it makes for an awesome like makes for an awesome. That's a movie. movie. Yeah. Right, that you know that should be made a movie. Here we are. We're pitching again. Make a movie on Frank Ducks like making all this shit up and like the making a blood sport. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. That would be hysterical. Uh, he's still alive right I think so oh man he wrote I gotta get this in 96 he wrote an autobiography entitled The Secret Man An American Warrior's Uncensored Story okay I, w- I will hang on I'm reading that yeah right you're reading that sure I don't think they made a book on tape for this one squeeze.
1: I'll make it, <laughs> and then I'll listen to it.
0: Uh, he also choreographed once more. Hey, he did a hell of a job. Yeah, so I yeah. like the fight scenes. Well, I doubt he really choreographed. He probably uh, part of the deal is probably to be put on as choreographer. Uh. But yeah, it's a, it's a great. Fuck, man, that's a movie. This is a movie. It's a great. I'm go watch Bloodsport. Yeah, I want to watch Bloodsport now, too. This is a great a little grab bag. And the bag. title. The title. Yeah. There's a great little grab bag of 80s stuff there, Squeeze.
1: I'm sure people are like, oh, where is the music and all that? But like, I have seven. Oh, we I could do
0: another one. Like there, We could talk 80s and 80s in it. And we're also going to go back to the years like, and do the single years.
1: That's true. We just
0: want to throw a little bit of everything 80s at you. And um, I think we did that. In spades and blood sport. not really work. Uh, but this was fun. Um, next week, we're going to be back on time. This one's going to get posted on time. And next week, we're going to be back with another great episode as we build we're past 75 now we're building our way up to 100 Ah, oh, crap what it's coming yeah 100's on its way and uh, we got a, we got that we got a roadmap we have a roadmap to 100 and we're taking you throughout the entire summer as we build to episode 100 in september and we got a lot of fun episodes this summer um it's gonna be a fun summer i'm gonna try and write more blogs we're gonna get more youtube content uh we're working on a way to do youtube content remotely like we do the podcast since uh we both have very it, it's just it's hard With you have a, yeah you have a little squeeze at. i've got a job that requires a lot of me it's hard uh So we're, we're working on it and we're going to get it to you. And there's great blog content up there. Check us out Radyears.com. If you go on iTunes and rate and review us, it helps us get some more people out there and follow us on Instagram and like our posts. If you like us, we post a lot every day. Uh, But we'll be back next week with another rad years podcast. I'm RK.
1: I'm squeezer. We'll talk
0: to you then.